48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines, the Consumer Council warns shoppers to choose cooking oils carefully after it found contaminants or carcinogens in many popular products in supermarkets. Top epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says he no longer sees any rationale for quarantining inbound travellers and that the measure should be completely dropped. And the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, has sacked his security chief and top prosecutor over accusations that some members of their departments were collaborating with Russia. The Consumer Council has warned shoppers to choose cooking oils carefully after it found contaminants or carcinogens in many popular products from supermarkets. The watchdog tested 50 cooking oils and found that all but three contained harmful contaminants while around 60% were detected with carcinogenic substances. In two samples, the levels of genotoxic carcinogens exceeded European standards. The vice chairman of the council's research and testing committee, Lu Wing-Chong, has this advice. The council urged the industry to clearly label the various types of cooking oils or the content or ratio or the fatty acid to provide consumers with more practical product information. When selecting cooking oil, aside from paying heed to the information on the packaging and selecting products with a higher nutritional value, consumers are also reminded to switch the cooking oil types regularly to ensure a balanced nutrient intake. The council also said it had received over 500 complaints about food delivery platforms in the first half of this year, 30% up from the same period last year. In particular, complaints about monthly subscription plans or membership schemes have been on the rise. In one case, a consumer unknowingly paid a monthly subscription fee for eight months, losing around $800 in total. The council's chief executive, Jilly Wong, urged platform providers to improve transparency. It is very important that you have make them know the terms and conditions really clear before they press the button of subscribing to your trial monthly subscription or confirm to be subscribing. If it is too hidden in the terms and conditions under very fine print on your website, that may not be that desirable from a trade practices point of view. So we think the platform should improve in terms of presenting the terms and conditions very clearly before the consumer confirmed to subscribe. Health officials have rejected a suggestion by experts that they should drop a requirement for daily rapid COVID tests for teachers and school pupils. The idea was one of several put forward by four University of Hong Kong experts, including two government advisers, at the weekend. But Dr Chang Shuk Wan of the Centre for Health Protection says rapid testing reduces the risk of class suspensions. I think this is a good way to screen out those test positive cases, whether it's student or staff of the school from mixing together with other students in the school to prevent major outbreaks in the schools. So the pre- at the present moment, we only observe a few clusters of cases among individual classes in some of the schools around a few a day. So I think this is an effective measure to prevent major outbreaks in the schools and it should be maintained in main time. Top epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says he no longer sees any rationale for quarantining quarantining inbound travellers and the measure should be completely dropped. The chief executive John Lee has said he's considering reducing the seven-day hotel quarantine requirement and replacing it with home isolation. But Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health disagreed with both hotel or home quarantine, saying the measure hadn't achieved what it was supposed to. 
right now the stated objectives, two objectives. Firstly, to reduce the number of cases that come into the city and burden our healthcare system, noting that if people are positive on arrival, they are taken to hospital or isolation facilities. We could easily remove the burden that they pose on the healthcare system by allowing imported cases to isolate at home. The second reason is to delay the next new sub-variants from getting into the city. But you know what? Those variants are already here. Switching to home quarantine makes no sense to me, actually. If the reasons for home quarantine were the same as for hotel quarantine, then it would be illogical. A pandemic advisor to the government, Lao Yu Lung, says experts will discuss early next month whether to allow children younger than three to receive Sinovac jabs. The Sinovac vaccine is currently available to anyone aged three and above, while BioNTech jabs are available to those aged five and above. Professor Lau, who chairs one of the expert committees under the Centre for Health Protection, hopes that, all being well, younger children can get their first dose in September. But he says a new minimum age threshold still had to be decided. The Japanese authorities say they are worried there could be a sudden spike in serious COVID cases after daily infections reached a record high. 110,000 new cases were registered on Saturday. Dr Koji Wada is a professor of public health at the International University of Health and Welfare in Tokyo. The BA5 Omicron subvariant is dominant and also people are having more activities. People are expecting to have a normal lives, but uh, now uh, rapidly the number of infected patients are increasing. The president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, has sacked his security chief and top prosecutor over accusations that some members of their departments were collaborating with Russia. A number of people are being investigated for treason. At a news conference, the president accused more than 60 employees of the prosecutor's office of working against the state of Ukraine. As of today, 651 criminal proceedings have been registered regarding state treason and collaborative activities of employees of prosecutors' offices, pretrial investigation institutions and other law enforcement agencies. In 198 criminal proceedings, relevant persons were notified of suspicion. Russia says its aircraft have shot down a Ukrainian helicopter and a fighter jet in separate attacks in Slovyansk and Kharkiv in the east of Ukraine. The Russian Defence Ministry spokesman Igor Konashenkov said airstrikes had also blown up a depot in the port of Odessa that stored anti-ship missiles. Russian armed forces continue launching attacks at military facilities in Ukraine. A depot for harpoon anti-ship missiles supplied to Ukraine by NATO countries was destroyed with high-precision long-range missiles at an industrial site in Odessa. A US-made HIMARS launcher and a resupply vehicle were destroyed by ground-based weapons near the village of Krasno-Armysk in the Donetsk People's Republic. A preliminary report into a mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas in May has found there were systemic failures in the law enforcement response. Nineteen children and two teachers were killed in the shooting. The report by the Texas House Investigative Committee says the officers who rushed the scene of the shooting lacked both leadership and urgency. The chairman of the committee is Dustin Ray Burrows. If there's only one thing that I can tell you is... There were multiple systemic failures. I would invite everybody to read the entire report. You cannot cherry pick one sentence 
and use it to say everything without reading it all together and with context. But if we need a simple phrase to describe what the report says, again, I would tell you multiple systemic failures. The candidates for the leadership of Britain's governing Conservative Party have clashed over the cost of living and Brexit in their second live TV debate. The three women and two men all said they would not be prepared to give the outgoing leader Boris Johnson a job in their government. The former finance minister, Rishi Sunak, was again attacked over his refusal to cut taxes immediately, but he accused his rivals of being reckless with the economy. I'd love to stand here and say, look, I'll cut this tax, that tax, and another tax, and it will all be okay. But you know what? It won't. There's a cost to these things, the cost of higher inflation, higher mortgage rates, eroded savings. And you know what? This something-for-nothing economics isn't conservative, uh, it's uh, socialism. Kemi Badnock, the former Equalities Minister, said she was proud of the decisions taken by Mr Johnson's government. Police in Sudan have fired tear gas at anti-coup protesters in the capital Khartoum. The city has been the scene of regular demonstrations since the head of the army, General Abdel Fattah al-Buran, took power in October last year, derailing a transition to civilian rule. The security forces had erected roadblocks and bridges on the River Nile to try to prevent protesters gathering. This protester, Ahmed, said he would not be deterred. There's been excessive and extreme violence and a lot of police forces. The revolution continues and the fight continues. We will be victorious, God willing. To finance, a short time ago the Hang Seng Index was at 2845. That's 537 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $66 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 138.29 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar and 1 cent, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 33 cents. Hong Kong snooker star Chung Kawai has clinched gold in the World Games. The Secretary for Culture, Sports and Tourism, Kevin Young, congratulated Chung for performing at his best and demonstrating his prowess as a great athlete. A total of 17 athletes from Hong Kong are taking part in this year's Games across eight different events. The Australian golfer Cameron Smith has won the 150th edition of the Open at St Andrews. Smith scored 20 under par for the tournament to lift the claret jug beating the American Cameron Young by one shot. Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy finished a further shot back in third. The BBC's Ian Carter has more details. Smith wrestled the claret jug from Rory McIlroy's grasp with a scintillating back nine charge to secure one of the great open wins. The Australian came home in 30 with five birdies in a row from the 10th and then a crucial par save at the 17th. A birdie at the last took him to a record equaling 20 under par with a round of 64. McIlroy couldn't buy a putt despite composed ball striking in a bogey-free but frustrating 70. His two-shot lead after 10 evaporated despite boisterous support. In the end, he had to finish third after Cameron Young's eagle at the last took the American to 19 under. Cameron Smith says he's come a long way to winning his first career major. Jeez, what a, what a week. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank the team back there, all their hard work, all the hard work we've done uh, the last couple of years um, has really started to pay off and this one definitely makes it worth it. 
Wang Jianan has leaped to victory in the men's long jump at the World Athletics Championships in the US state of Oregon. The national team athlete was well off the pace going into his final attempt, but his jump of 8.36 metres was enough to overcome Olympic champion and hot favourite Miltiadis Tintoglu of Greece. Wang said he would have been delighted with any medal. I didn't do well in my fifth attempt and jumped just over eight meters. For the last attempt, I aimed for a medal. The bar for a medal was 8.15 meters, which was just 10 centimeters longer than my 8.04 meter jump and should not be a problem for me. So I told myself not to think too much about other things and just focus on my own rhythm and the jump. I felt good after I jumped up in my last attempt and the result was really good after I landed. I will be very happy to win a medal and this goal just made me a lot happier. Meanwhile, meanwhile, China's Gong Li Diao was denied a third consecutive world gold in the women's shot put, with home favourite Chase Ely edging her into the second. Also in Oregon, Uganda's Joshua Chaptagay defended his 10,000 metre title. The BBC's Ed Harry has details. A successful defence of his men's 10,000 metres title for Uganda's Joshua Cheptegei. It all came down to the last lap and it was Cheptegei, the world record holder, who kicked decisively, entering the back straight for the final time. The man who had beaten him to Olympic gold in Tokyo could only finish fifth. Solomon Borega of Ethiopia run out of the medals in the finishing straight. It was silver for Stanley Umbura of Kenya and bronze for Jacob Kiplimo, Cheptegei's Ugandan teammate. Kiplimo had also claimed the bronze in this race at the Olympic Games. To football and the Women's Euros, where Sweden and the defending champions, the Netherlands, are the latest teams to reach the quarterfinals. The BBC's Paul Serras reports. Sweden and the Netherlands both secured victories earlier on Sunday to qualify for the knockout stages of the Women's European Championships. The highest-ranked team in the competition, Sweden, thrashed Portugal 5-0 to top Group C. The reigning champions, the Netherlands, qualified as runners-up with a 4-1 win against Switzerland. The Dutch will play France in the quarterfinals on Saturday, while Sweden will face the runners-up in Group D. And the weather, very hot and mainly fine, apart from isolated showers. The current temperature is 32 degrees, with humidity of 73%. The top stories once again. The Consumer Council warns shoppers to choose cooking oils carefully after it found contaminants or carcinogens in many popular products. Top epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says he no longer sees any rationale for quarantining inbound travellers. And the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, has sacked his security chief and top prosecutor over accusations that some members of the departments were collaborating with Russia. The news from RTHK. And believed your wild excuses You were sealing the deal Halfway down the road And ain't it funny how the ghosts They fade and suddenly appear
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 18th of July, is today's date. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Ready, ready for the start of this week. Just want to say thank you to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. And we've got a busy program for your listening pleasure. Let's kickstart the week with a bit of health and fitness talk. And since the summer is upon us, a very hot summer, may I add, it's easy to just stay indoors and sort of uh, chill out, Netflix and chill, if you like, uh, at home and not to do any exercises. But uh, Nathan Solier, fitness coach, will be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. And uh, he'll be talking about ways to motivate our children and kids uh, to exercise and 